0: Hi, and welcome to the Literary Sipper. I'm your host, Amber V.D. Hill, and today we are going to talk about self care and, more specifically, the term self care and why I'm not a fan of it as it is to being defined today. And maybe if we can change the definition, I'll like it better. But Before we start, you know, welcome to September. Welcome to the new year. Happy New Year to all those who celebrate in September like I do. Um, And here's your Gatsby quote of the day, right? Life starts all over again when it gets crisp in the fall. And I know so many of you are not in that crisp, beautiful fall weather. You are in the humidity, and you are in the hurricane seasons, and you have tornadoes happening, and it's 90 degrees in California. But for some of us, fall is in the air, and in any case, the start of school for me is always the school year, is always the new year, with trips to stationery stores and fresh journals and sharpened pencils and all of the great promise that comes with that. But if you are a working artist or a working mom trying to find time to be creative, you have probably been inundated with the notion of self-care recently. And I think it started in the pandemic in 2020. I think we were all trying to mindfully slow down. And you saw an uptick in meditation apps, Um, but you also saw the uptick in this rhetoric of manicures, pedicures, massages, romantically filmed YouTube videos documenting a 20-step skincare routine or a beautifully poured cup of tea. And all of those things were there to remind you to slow down, to take care of yourself, which are all good things. I'm a fan of taking care of yourself. I'm a fan of treating yourself lovingly and allowing time for slowness and time for stillness. I am a huge fan of nature walks and meditation, hot baths, all of those things as a way to free up your mind um, from the constant busyness that seems to infiltrate our way of life currently However recently I I have come to find it to be a little cliche and a little bit, belittling somehow, as if you're the bare minimum of what it takes to be human in the world, to eat well, to drink your water, to exercise, to move your body lovingly, to sit in meditation. That is, in a lot of ways, the bare minimum of what it means to function as a human and what we would want for all humans on this planet, not just for busy moms or people with stressful jobs. And to be sort of saying to yourself... Taking care of self is an, you can fit that into a 30 minute manicure. It just doesn't feel right. And I believe that if you use your creative life as self care, then you will feel even better because you've stepped out of the mundane for a minute. You've stepped out of these sort of daily tasks of cleaning yourself off with a hot shower or eating well or moving your body well and you've stepped into a sort of mystical space a freedom space um, a space where all of those things that make you so busy are not in expectation of you and we've spoken before about wandering in this space for even for five minutes what that can do for a mindset but what if you really structured your time so that the Taking care of self, peace, was a creative undertaking versus the sort of surface caretaking that has to happen because you just live in the world. And I, I'm not trying to undermine the fact that people work two jobs. People are busy. Life is expensive. And to, to honor yourself by saying, you know, I'm going to do nothing today and I'm going to just get my hair done and that is what I can manage That is absolutely real. And that is true. And that is relatable. But is it also a resistance to the sort of higher calling of what it is to be in love with your work self, with your creative self, with your artistic self, enough that that is also part of caretaking? So my question is, why do we always ignore the pull to create? Why is it Viewed in this closed off way sometimes, where, oh, if only I had time to do that, or someday if I have time to do that. And it is relegated to a secondary state of being, sometimes, someday, if only, versus the having to be part of life, right? Managing your money, taking care of your kids, taking care of aging parents, making sure you show up on time to work making sure your car runs, your bills are paid, all of those things are primary. But I would argue that when you relegate your creative life to the secondary tier, you begin to ignore yourself and it leads to even greater, deeper bouts of self-neglect. So if you add the creative life in line with what you consider primary needs, Take care of house, take care of money, take care of other people. Take care of self is part of that, and most instrumentally taking care of yourself in a creative way, not just accepting painting your nails as a form of self-care, which always kind of smacks misogynistic to me a little bit, as if the frivolous nature of cosmetics can somehow mask or put a Band-Aid on the deeper desire to know ourselves. And in order to feel more like ourselves, we have to tap into our creativity. So many of us are passive consumers of content these days. We have hours of podcasts to listen to. We have stacks of TBR books to read. We have endless streaming possibilities for television, movies, YouTube videos, music, all of it is at our fingertips, and it can sometimes feel as though you're behind because you you can't possibly consume it all. But we don't think about what we get out of making something. And so many of us really say detrimentally that I'm not creative, I'm not an artist, I can't do anything. But that's just simply not true. You don't have to call yourself an artist to be creative. So many people are creative in millions of ways that they don't give themselves credit for. If you put dinner on the table every night, you are creative. (laughs) Believe me, you are creative. If you're into your garden and growing vegetables or growing flowers, and you dedicate the time it takes to make the soil fertile, to clip back things so they don't destroy the garden, to take care of bugs and animals, that is a creative enterprise. It is a prize that opens you up to the universe to the cycles of nature to the seasons in a way that simply going to the grocery store does not and writing and and of course art of any kind visual art of any kind making movies photography all of these things can be elevated in whatever way feels good to you so if you find yourself snapping photos on your phone all the time what would happen if you took some of those photos and blew them up and into a size where then suddenly they became a little more interesting to look at, where suddenly they had a little bit more space in your own physical space, in your home, but also in your artistic life. We have to curate these things that we're already creating. We have to feed our artistic life in order to flourish. And Another part of it is we have to celebrate when we do. We have to give ourselves credit when we do create something, when we sit down and write a poem, when we sit down and work on a book, when we sit down and draw for an hour. We have to give ourselves the time and space to do that without worrying what we're supposed to be doing, without worrying about the endless to-do lists that are there, and we have to start viewing as it as taking care of the self that self that is in you that is meant to be here that is meant to be released from all the fear and guilt and anger in the world and it is meant to rise above that and to touch something mystical that is taking care of the self and so i really urge you to figure out what ways you can create what ways can you join a community that underscores your creative identity and connect with them so that then you become a, become a group of people who are taking care of the self and putting that energy into the world? So, I urge you to make time this fall to practice creative self care, a mindful approach to taking care of the self that includes. Listening to those creative urges, making time for those creative urges, and celebrating that creative urge. I've done this this summer a little bit with the small poem every day, making sure that I wrote something small every day, creating the book guide for you all that's on my Substack, writing essays on my Substack, of course, working on my second book, of course, revising the first book for editing. All of those things are part of how I take care of myself, but I've also learned that sometimes it's good to step out of writing and to step into a different kind of creating space, creative space. So drawing, sketching, um, taking photographs, of course, is important to me. But I think there's so many ways that we forget ourselves and we forget what we loved And if part of the self-care revolution is about rediscovering self, then I'm all for it. And I really encourage you to do it too. And make the fall a time to rediscover the joy of creating and the joy that your former self may be allowed time for, that your current self isn't allowing time for, and making that calendar reflect that choice. And also... What story are you telling yourself about that activity? Are you telling yourself you're not good enough? Are you telling yourself it doesn't matter? Are you telling yourself it really doesn't make me feel good? Or why should I even bother? No one's going to see this. Or what if they don't like it? If you're telling yourself those stories, then maybe it's time to sort of notice the connection between the story and any emotion or sensation that you're having that you understand that when your mood is low, you're more likely to switch on that negative thinking. And then that compounds your low mood and it compounds your resistance. And so if you can elevate your mood through the creative work and you can take care of the self, then you will notice that those stories will come fewer and slower until that you see, you hear them and you can dismiss them as not being true to where you are in the moment. Make sure your creative life is nourishing you. Make sure that you see it as essential to your daily routine. And make sure you don't shortchange yourself and accept five minutes of undisturbed silence as self-care. I would also add this, that if you find yourself returning to an old love, an old art, an old work that you've written, you know, an old novel you pulled out of a drawer, there is going to be a period where you're almost paralyzed by the time that's gone by. And I just want you to know that you're not alone in that, that every artist struggles with that period away from their art. And when you return, you'll just find yourself in a new phase of your artistic life. And I wanted to end today's episode with a, qu- a quote from Helen Frankenthaler, the abstract expressionist. And she says, I will often get back to painting after a break and panic and not know where I left off. I seem to start at day one again. I sit around and sharpen pencils, make phone calls, eat handfuls of pistachios, take a swim. I feel I should, must, must, Will paint. It is agony. It is boredom. I become impatient and angry with myself until I reach a point of feeling I must start. I must make a mark. Just make a mark. Then, hopefully, slowly, I get into a new phase of work. I really wish for you that new phase comes quickly. It comes without the anger and impatience of Frankenthaler, but with great joy and expectation. And may your fall be a happy one. See you next time.